1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that just wants to know if sheep have lashes. It's Cif Pop. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Bridging your perks, patrons get those perks. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he loves to dance to just the vocal parts of David Bowie's Let's Dance. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Howdy, howdy, hey, Andrew Ormsby. Hello, governor. You doing How good? How are man? How are things? Yeah, things, are,
2: things are good. I haven't seen you in forever, it seems.
1: It's been so long. It's yeah. been so long uh, since we have seen each other. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen you since I I saw you uh, come grab a gift I had for you from my front porch and hit your head on my uh, my light on your way out. Yeah, I had some I had some choice words
2: for that you know porch light of yours.
1: <laughs> uh, we honestly we should probably replace it. It has injured me a Why, couple did of I times break it? too. Oh. It's no 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 but it's just those edges are so sharp and it's like right at head level uh so yeah so apologies yeah. about that it, it also doesn't <laughs> help that you have no hair like you've shaved it all off
2: yeah yeah so. it had a, yeah it made it very visible i had a really long red streak just across the top <laughs> of my head it's like oh man did i cut myself like yeah uh Head, head,
1: head wounds can bleed too. Like a it lot. doesn't. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Uh, as as a tall man, I have stood into sharp corners many, many times, mm. and it's. I remember getting out of our car in our garage one of the first times, and I didn't realize that I was under a shelf, and there was a really sharp, like you know, metal part to the shelf, and. Yeah, I was, I was bleeding for a while. Got to cham- chamfer those edges. Yep, yep. Well, we are going to uh, head into the show now. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, fun stuff to talk about. A couple of reviews of some awards winners. We continue talking about the, uh, I should say, awards contenders. Uh, nobody's won anything yet. Um, oh, yes. but Except uh, in our hearts. Except in our hearts. We're going to look at uh, Bardo, False Chron- Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. Uh, which is on Netflix, and White Noise, which will be on Netflix, I think, the end of this week. It'll be on Netflix pretty soon, so uh, you should be able to watch that. Uh, But we're going to review those, and then uh, for our Best Ever Challenge, uh, since we're doing two Netflix movies, we'll talk about the Best Ever Netflix original movies. Um, It'll be a fun conversation, and of course, we'll do some Buried Treasure as well. But no need to wait any longer. Let's get into it with a review of Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. Silverio, a renowned Mexican journalist and documentary filmmaker living in Los Angeles, who after being named the recipient of a prestigious international award, is compelled to return to his native country, unaware that this simple trip will push him to an existential limit. Uh, Alejandro Inarritu bringing us Bardo, Um, and it is, I think, just the year... For personal, introspective movies from directors, Uh, I think of Armageddon Time, I think of The Fablemans, and now I think of Bardo. Uh, What did you think of Bardo? False false Chronicles of a Handful of Truths, Andrew. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Liked it. Uh, Not high side,
2: not low side,
1: just liked it. Man, I have struggled with where I want to put this movie. Um, I go through waves of categories. Mm. I, I will go through a day where I'm like thinking about Bardo going, I can't stop thinking about Bardo. I must love that movie, right? That means I love it because I can't stop thinking about it. And then I will go through days where I will go, that is the dumbest movie I have ever seen. Like I must hate that movie. It's so dumb. Uh, and then I will go through days where I'm like, you know, it's not dumb, Aaron. It's not dumb. It's just ridiculous. It's just surreal. There's a difference. And then I'll be like, oh, I like that movie. So let me just tell you this journey has been difficult for me. I am going to land with you in liked it. But I'm even going to say high side of liked it. I think any movie that uh, compels me to this level of thought and curiosity and interest uh, deserves at least the high side of liked it. And we'll talk about some of the reasons why uh, as we go through it. So we'll kick it off, man. I shall. Um, first of all, I think Inaritu is one of the most inventive visual filmmakers working today. There is stuff in this movie shots, shot choices, technical ways that shots are done that blew my mind. Like you watch them and you go, how did you do this? This is just, it is uh, genius level stuff on a visual level. And not only that, it is, um, I'm trying to think, uh, ambitious. It's ambitious in the things that it's trying to do in the ways that it's trying to tell this. I'm going to call it a story. Um, but it's the way that it's trying to bring you along this journey, um, is just visually inventive and stunning. If nothing else, this movie, if you love cinema, if you love the idea of what it means to shoot visual images, uh, this movie is going to give you a lot to feast on. Um, that's not the only thing movies should do. They should also tell stories. But as far as the visuals go, I don't think you're going to be disappointed uh, in those.
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm just going to agree with everything you said, and I'm also going to agree with uh, your original analysis of the movie itself. Like this movie, like I wasn't high enough for this movie. I just say that <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: going to be a running theme for the movies this week. By the way, I just wasn't yeah, high enough. I, just, I didn't <laughs> have enough drugs in my system. Yeah, uh, to to see this one. I,
2: uh, the biggest pro I can say and it's one that you've talked about is that in, in is a visual artist. He is a visual artist master um, mm-hmm. Some of the shots on this like the I think the very beginning shot is like uh, the the shadow running and then you know leaping uh, over the uh, the the plains mm-hmm. of, of the desert yeah. and everything and then it pans out. And I was like, I'm getting so much visual information in these first 30 seconds that I can't process everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, where the show, where the movie lacks is uh, any uh, direction, really, it seems like narratively. Like, I don't know what this movie's trying to say about life and moving on. And, uh, sure. Well, uh, let's talk about it.
1: Let's, let's, let's try to dig in a little bit because this is clearly a, like, puts the meta in metaphor, right? Like, this is a a metaphorical movie where he is, is trying to, I think, uh, what's so wild. There's a whole scene in this movie where somebody critiques. The filmmakers work in the movie itself. the 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 character, by the way, Daniel Jimenez uh, Cacho uh, plays uh, Silverio, and it is so weird because you know that is how he himself has been critiqued by his haters, right? You know the things that this character is saying are. The things that Inaritu has heard from the people who criticize his work the most, right? Yeah. And you know that this character is a stand-in for Inuritu. You know, like you know that. It's oh, very yeah. it's very clear, right? And the things that he's saying are specifically critiques about the movie you're watching. And it's so mind-numbing. To try to process how that works, because this critic is saying things like, "It's too," uh, uh, I believe the word is "oneric," which is a, a, a word that means like dreamlike and you know um, fantastical, and that's what this movie is. It's a series of weird, dreamlike, metaphorical pieces of Inarritu's life in his creative mind, and I, I think. What allows me to unlock this movie is that meta-ness, is the idea of what Inarito is doing is he's not trying to tell you a literal story. There is nothing about this movie to me that feels, I mean, there is a surface level narrative, right? There's a surface level narrative about this director who, again, has to go to his home country to accept this award and what does that mean to him and what his career meant to him. Like all that stuff's right there on the surface. But the way the movie is presenting it to you is not a literal narrative. It's presenting it to you as a series of dreams or metaphors or moments or whatever the case may be. You're not going to find your footing in any way that allows you to treat this as a cohesive story. And I think that's going to be very off-putting for a lot of people. Unless you kind of just give yourself to the dreamlike quality of it. And at that point, you know, it's kind of a cheat code, right? Because then the director can do anything they want. They don't have to worry about us understanding every little piece. They can just, you know, Ritu can just, you know, exist in this world where it's okay if you don't get it. Just know that I'm telling you something. And that's can be frustrating to an audience uh, that is wanting more, is wanting to understand it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that, that's probably, you know, kind of what you're talking about with your experience is just like, I, I wanted to get this a little bit more. I wanted to understand how stuff connects.
2: Yeah, well, uh, not only is he telling the entire film metaphorically, but we're getting so many different aspects of this character's life it, that are being, you know, representative of Inuritu that it's kind of the same issue I had with the Fablemans of him trying to try and whenever you're trying to tell a metaphorical metaphorical story about your own personal life you feel the need to uh tell every aspect of 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 your life in the movie Mm -hmm. but you don't realize you know uh, a movie is all about portions you know and uh, you can't fit in 16 different courses in a in a two and a half hour movie. It's a long movie too, by the way, it's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty long movie. Like, uh, it, it, it deals with, you know, uh, uh either, uh, I forget if it's a stillbirth or, uh, no, it wasn't a stillbirth because baby, uh, their baby passed away like a day after, Correct. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the morning period, morning, not M-O-U-R, not morning is in mm-hmm. the early part of the day, but, uh, uh, and then you know, having that would have been enough for me. But then he also tries to talk about uh, how how culture defines him and how moving away to um, to the U.S. is you know uh, affecting how his children feel about his culture and his their heritage. Oh, he wants and, to
1: wrestle with so many different things. He that's wants what I'm saying. To like with it's way so much stuff. Yeah. 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 And and. <sighs> And that's the, that is the point of the movie, right? As as he has defined it, the point of the movie as he has defined it is these are the things I'm wrestling with. This is who I am. This is my autobiography. This is how I choose to tell it. And um, and yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a bit much. And just to give you an example, I don't think this is too spoilery. I just I'll just say this because it's early on. <clears throat> I guess it is a shocking moment. I don't necessarily want to steal it for you from you. If you if you do want to, you know, fast forward for... You can know, you, like, like, talk around it? A couple minutes? No, not the way I want to say it. So, so yeah, you can just jump ahead, like, a, a minute or two, and I'll be done. But the movie does this in several different different ways in different cases, but you talk about the, the child that they lost. In the movie, they put the kid back in. Yeah. Like, that is what they do. Like, that is the kind of surreal, metaphorical... Dreamlike kind of stuff that happens this entire movie. Everything yeah. is representative of something else in a very strange, surreal, big way. Um, for the most part, I really dug those choices. Like, I don't even know what all of them meant, but for most of them, I could kind of put two and two together and kind of correlate them to what he was saying about his own career and his own life. And, um, And I liked them. Most of the swings really worked for me. Not all of them, but most of them really worked for me. Um, And I found them bold and I found them, you know, interesting. Um, But some of them I didn't get. And I think, you know, this is a movie that requires, it doesn't require, I shouldn't say it requires. This is a movie that, that asks for further exploration. It asks for a Wikipedia search for you know what Inaritu may be talking about in his career or in his life through this portion of the movie. And it, it, it asks you to do a little bit outside of the movie mm. to understand it um, because Inaritu has lived it. He understands it inherently, but we haven't. And um, to me, for a movie, I have the, I guess you would call it um, prejudice – that I want everything to be told to me in the movie. If I have to do something outside of the movie to understand your movie, that's a, that's a negative column for me. And I think that's where this movie loses me a little bit is it's, is that because of in order for me to really understand what you're saying in a complete way, I have to do my own research Um, that loses a few points for me, but Sure. I still didn't mind watching it. I was still captivated by it. Um, so <laughs> if, yeah, it's it's really interesting. If if it comes down
2: to it, the visuals will will guide you through to the next sequence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, there's such there's genius stuff filmmaking wise in this movie. It's it's mind blowing to me. Just yeah. mind blowing. Some of the stuff he's doing, some of the camera movements and shots that he's like i just i could i couldn't wrap my brain around some of them and it's just yeah it's it's amazing stuff
2: yeah he knows what he's doing mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely
2: but i don't have any specific negatives it's just that all-encompassing too much information you know that would just be my big
1: negative Mm-hmm. yeah it is it is definitely a lot. It is definitely a lot. And it also is a movie that really kind of steals the ability to talk about it too much in depth because everything is so metaphorical, everything is so dreamlike that in order to really talk about the specifics, it becomes a little spoilery because you don't I don't want to I don't want to ruin some of those visuals for you, some of those moments for you, some of those decisions that are made. Um so they, they, they deserve to be experienced. I think
2: last week, uh, or not, not last week, last week of filming, I should say, um, we had, uh, uh, we were talking about, uh, Raiders, no, uh, last crusade and how, you know, it's an, it was interesting seeing the, uh, the aspect of, you know, a man becoming a child again in the presence of their father and stuff.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I brought this up actually. I you think did, I you mentioned brought, Bardo yeah. uh, during our Raiders conversation. Yep. Yeah,
2: so uh, that's why whenever I was watching this movie, I was like, "Ooh, I wonder how visually that's going to look." And it was just as trippy and weird as you said it was. <laughs> whenever, but it was, a, it, was, a but it, was cool, right? it was a beautiful oh, scene. It was a beautiful yeah. scene. It really was, and that that's the saving grace for the for me in this movie. I may not get all of it, but the scenes that I do get, they hit. And they mm-hmm. hit hard, and that was one of those scenes. Another scene that I absolutely loved is the scene I'm just going to call uh, the Radiohead Just scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that music video before, of uh, people laying down mm-hmm. it aside and stuff. But uh, it's a good song, and it's a good music video. Um, but no, that scene, uh, like I didn't get it, but I was, I was just enthralled because it's visually stunning. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. What an amazing year for films.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This
2: is, honestly, it's going to go down as like one of my all-time favorite years for cinema.
1: Yeah, it's been a good one. Um, Let me ask you this, because I think we've kind of really... I don't know that we have a lot more we can talk about with this movie, because it's so abstract. Sure. Do you think this movie is going to have the awards buzz around it is it going to get any nominations or you know i have my own instincts but i'm curious as to what you think
2: i'm sure it'll get nominated for awards possibly not best picture though yeah i, think I don't th- there's some technical stuff that i think that you just you can't overlook whenever it comes to awards contention but i think overall if you want to uh, uh, give a best picture nod i don't see it uh alejandro and some editing stuff maybe and uh, cinematography
1: yeah i can see it i can see it getting some nominations for technical stuff i i think it probably ends there for this movie um because i don't think the reaction from my at least as far as i can gauge from my critic friends has been positive overall a lot of people just come away from this going what you know like it's it's just kind of one of those movies um So, uh, for some people it's going to hit for some people it's not, and it's not going to be the only movie this year that is like that, by the way, uh, feeling also very same vibes for movie. We won't review for another few weeks. Uh, but Babylon is getting a lot of the same kind of thing with a lot of people where it just, it hits. And for some people it just completely misses. So it's, it's kind of that year. Um, Damien Chazelle doesn't know how to make a bad movie. I agree. I agree. Uh, No spoilers for my thoughts on Babylon, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, we will talk about that at some point as well. Yep. Uh, Any final thoughts on Bardo?
2: No post credit scene. Really?
1: It just, (laughs) the whole movie is kind of a series of post credit scenes. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Just no, no context of seeing the movie that came before it. Right. uh,
1: yeah you just get a whole bunch of post credit scenes that is it that is it uh I don't have any final thoughts other than i just i want Ina ritu to keep making movies all the time yeah. because i just i can't wait to see how he does stuff uh the revenant remains one of my favorite movies ever. I think it's just absolutely the fact that he shot the revenant completely in natural light like there was no i mean it's just mind blowing how great that movie looks um yeah That's just, I love how he tests himself and how he pushes his own boundaries. Um, It's really cool stuff.
2: Aaron, stop doing that. You're talking again without moving your lips.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. I just, I don't know. I, this movie, man, it won't leave me alone. It will not leave me alone. Uh, But I'm going to leave it alone for the time being. As we move into our next review, uh, let's talk a little bit about White Noise.
0: Okay. Roll film. Would
1: you like that, protein? That stuff causes cancer in laboratory animals, in case you didn't know.
0: Either I chew gum or I smoke. What are these children, yours? That's mine
1: from Wives 1 and 3. There's the bets from Husband 2. Wilder is ours. We're each other's fourths. Yeah. Life is good,
0: Jack. I hope it lasts forever. Let's watch a sitcom or something. No!
1: Jack Gladney, professor of Hitler studies at the College on the Hill husband to Babette in Father to Four Children slash Stepchildren, is torn asunder by a chemical spiel- spill from a rail car that releases an airborne toxic event, forcing Jack to confront his biggest fear, his Own Mortality. Uh, Adam Driver plays Jack. Greta Gerwig plays his wife, Babette. Uh, Don Cheadle is in there for some fun as well. Um, what did you think, Andrew, about White Noise? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I wasn't high enough for this movie, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: i not gonna, a category.
2: That's not a category. Okay, I'm just going to go with High Side of Okay. You, go. I, I might be able to be convinced for low side of liked, but that's about it.
1: You, well, you won't be convinced by me. I'm on low side of okay. Um, I'm almost close to not liking this movie. I, I'll so talk about would, why here in a bit. You, you like it a little more than me, so why don't you start? What are some good things about White Noise? Well,
2: it, they, they there's a big old typo in uh, IMDb because it says that this movie was written and directed by Noah Baumbach, but this is clearly a David Lynch film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a little uh Brighton in for a David Lynch film, but yeah. You know. Um yeah, uh just they go for it. this movie
2: goes for it. I don't know what, but uh it goes for it. The uh the characters I I don't know, man. This movie is not weird in the same way that uh uh bardo
1: is oh no not at all not but, at all they're very different very different but they are both but they're weird. weird they're both weird movies yes. yeah um so I,
2: it's just there's scenes in this movie that stick with me and i know that what i'm seeing on screen is like a uh just a uh, a smorgasbord of everything that makes a good scene, like amazing performances, amazing you know uh, writing and everything, and you know shot selection. But at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, all those good things. But was that a good scene? Uh, here's a, here's what kind of what I'm talking about. The scene that that sticks with me is whenever we have Don Cheadle going back and forth with Adam Driver talking about Elvis and Hitler. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, the scene is like. Per like that's the the uh what would you call it the epitome of like a greatly shot performed done scene.
1: Mm-hmm. But is it a good is it a good scene? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my answer is no. I I I come away from that scene and many others in this movie just going. I think you're being surreal for surreal's sake. Like I don't think you're maybe u- that's it. I I don't think you're using your. Off the wallness, your surreal surreality. I don't Surrealism. think you're using it for any meaningful purpose in my mind. Um, now, it's possible I'm missing a greater metaphor. I'm missing a greater message. Whatever the case may be, I did think at occasions: Is this about the pandemic? Is this about you know, um, you know? Am I supposed to be seeing our current polarization, political polarization here? You know what is what is this talking about? Like some of that stuff is under there, I think, and and I was able to tune into it a little bit. But the the weirdness of this movie does not seem to me to serve enough of a greater purpose um, for the uh, distraction that it causes for me. Um, Mm. And that and that's how I feel about the whole thing. In fact, I think that that distraction impacts my ability to view these performances. You mentioned they were great performances. I'm not sure I think they are, but I I, like, I think Greta's great. I think Greta Gerwig is really good in this movie. If I had to pull out one performance, hers would probably be the one I pull out. I really thought that character felt more grounded than every other character, even though she's living in the same surreal existence that they all are. I found more empathy for that character, I think, than than anyone else in the movie. And uh, and I, I contribute a lot of that to her performance. Everybody else, it was just kind of like, I don't know. There were times, Andrew, there were times where I was like, is this just an SNL sketch? Like there, there were times where it felt that just kind of right up front and silly, you know? Mm. And that um, just doesn't work for me. That just doesn't work for me, especially in a movie like this that I think is trying to say some bigger things. Um, so yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't lock into that.
2: I I found metaphors for, you know, things all over this movie. Like, I think the way that people talk in this, the dialogue may sound a little off, but I think it sounds exactly like the way online message boards talk. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how the dialogue feels in this movie. Um, Just people posting over and over again, and they may be running behind or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that fascinating. I like how the sun... Uh, becomes uh, like a a uh, a Twitter feed, you know, and he's mm-hmm. just keeping everybody updated. One of my favorite lines in the entire movie is, "Uh, she's showing or uh, what is it? Uh, she's displaying outdated symptoms, you uh-huh. know." Yeah, and I'm like, "That's such like a beautiful way of saying like how the internet works and stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have this uh the metaphor, of this giant cloud you know and it's just the toxicity of the internet you know coming to right. take over everything and uh yeah there's there's versions of every single person i think this movie is just a big metaphor for the internet
1: yeah i mean i can see i think it's a metaphor for the The kind of everyone has something to say everyone knows everything social media culture yeah. um that the internet has brought us especially over the last few years I think that again there's stuff on polarization there which again is another condition of you know many of the the ways that social media has impacted us uh, so yeah i do think I do think that stuff is there and I just for me i I don't understand necessarily how the uh, weirdness is supposed to be a key part of it. You know, I don't understand how Um, there, there's some really surreal things here. There's this, the comedy goes to some really weird places and I'm just, I'm just not sure that it works uh, overall uh, for me. I just, I found myself being much less interested in that than I was in, um, you know, the, the, the narrative, which I also wasn't all that invested in, you know, the Mm. idea of this, this family, probably the thing I bought into the most was the family unit itself. Um, I, you know, I thought that worked and there was, you know, reason to care about this family, but that may just be because I care about families, you know, like it doesn't necessarily have to be anything, you know, bigger than that. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it just lost me. It just lost me quite a bit. now, is it terrible? No, this is not a terrible movie no uh, there's some real s- skill here in presenting it, and uh and I think if I had to move into one of my other positives, it would be that there's i I think the humor works, like I laughed quite a bit during this movie. I thought, you oh know, yeah, a lot of the surreal stuff was really funny um but uh but yeah, so that's you know that's that works it's funny so maybe that's it maybe it's just a good comedy maybe you just go watch a good comedy you don't have to worry about uh if it's you know any deeper than that
2: no nah. no i uh, totally agree it is it is a funny funny movie uh don Cheadle's character is hilarious um there's a a, a german uh, they just call him mr gray um that guy had me rolling he was Mm-hmm. So so weird, and then Andre three thousands, you know, showing up for a, a shimmy. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what?
1: Here is my biggest pro for the movie: the soundtrack is killer. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. No, Bombac usually does does that pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question without looking. What without do you looking. think? <laughs> without looking, what do you think IMDb has, or not IMDb? I shouldn't say that, but um. Let's just say Google okay. uh, has for the genre of this movie. Uh, there are two listed genre slash genre.
2: Since you're bringing it up, it's probably going to be something weird like mm-hmm. sci- sci-fi.
1: No, oh, not sci-fi. That would uh, make sense to me.
2: Romance. <laughs> that would
1: be hilarious. No, no.
2: I think what the movie is—it's a drama and comedy.
1: I think. I think. I would say comedy drama. That's what yeah. that's what I would probably say. Yeah. Uh, it says okay. drama horror. Is this a horror movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it supposed to be? I didn't pick up on that at all. Like I think that yeah, the, there's
2: several characters in this who their biggest fear is death, and there's a bit of mo- more morbidity to that, but. It just seemed like a. a that's a, a very weird, thing. weird. Yeah, that's a very weird. Maybe just like this movie. Maybe mm-hmm. it, it messed with the person's brain who wrote that so much. You're like oh, I'm never going to be the same again. This movie's way too weird. So we're just going <laughs> to call it a horror
1: movie. Uh, no. I the train wreck was great. Um,
2: oh, that was a great sequence.
1: Yeah, really great sequence. Um, the way it was intercut, I thought was really smart. Uh, so yeah, this movie's doing some stuff right for sure.
2: I also um, love the scene uh, with the the emergency room nuns and in and their you know talking about faith and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, I don't know if – wait no, that was a whale. That was a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> our, whole, our whole recording schedule right now, ladies and gentlemen, is just a little Shh, bit weird. It's the,
1: ma- it's the magic. It's, oh, the it's magic. magic! Yes, yeah. we were re- we were recording this just like the day before you're hearing it. No matter yes. when you hear it, you can be yeah. hearing this in 2056. We just recorded it yesterday, just for you, just for you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Kyle out there. I know there is. Yeah, freaking out. Right now there's a Kyle just absolutely freaking out. In 2056. Yes. There's, there's a Kyle listening to this uh, in 2056 <laughs> that is real – we just really blew their yeah. minds. Really yeah. blew their minds.
2: But uh, the reason why I brought up that, uh, that the the nun emergency room, uh, uh, what would you call it? Just a, this weird relationship with faith and, mm-hmm. and belief and those who uh, – who practice and teach faith and what and how it can mean different things to them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes from the movie. And also easily, easily the best credits scene because the entire credits. Yeah. It's LCD sound system with a choreographed dance number in a supermarket. That's all I ever needed in life.
1: Yeah, I I wish the rest of the movie lived up to the end credits. Uh, the end credits is glorious. Um, so good, so good. It's the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they sent me the soundtrack on cassette. Um, oh, that's cool. So, when is I'm this li- movie set? Yeah, that's a great great question. Uh, I I would I would guess the l- late eighties, early nineties, somewhere in that range. That would be my guess based on kind of the way they interacted and yeah. what they were wearing and talking about. But um, but I don't know, actually. I don't know. Yeah. It probably says somewhere.
2: Yeah, or it might be ambiguous. Who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts about white noise, Mr. Andrew Ormsby? Watch those credits, man. So good. Yeah, yeah. You? Definitely. Uh no, I don't think Noah Baumbach's a weird one for me. Um, I, I kind of have this weird love hate relationship with almost all of his uh, movies. Um, but uh, but this this one is even weirder. Uh, no, than, than the others. So I was
2: expecting Marriage Story point two point or two point
1: mm-hmm. I did
2: not get that. You were
1: expecting Marriage Story. Well, let's know bomb back too. Yeah, I mean but I marriage I don't know. I guess I I guess I would think marriage story is one of those movies that like you would never go back to <laughs> like I don't I don't know why he would do another I don't mean movie I don't like mean that. I don't mean a sequel to Marriage
2: Story I mean like he was you know doing another movie like Marriage Story
1: oh I see what like you're Marriage
2: saying. Story 2.0 as in like he's doing the same type I of I literally
1: thought you, you were sequel. saying Adam Driver was the same character no as Marriage story. <laughs>
2: no I'm sorry no I should have clarified no <laughs> maybe it's a prequel maybe it's a prequel it's a prequel
1: story. who knows who knows uh, well there you go there are reviews for this week before we head into the best ever challenge thank you so much to our sift pop members love you appreciate you thank you so much for what you do for sift pop um, please 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 let us know if you need anything and if you're curious about what that uh, looks like uh, you can check that out at patreon patreon.com/ Pop. and I think one of the key features is your own podcast feed you get all the podcasts ad free. Um, as well as some bonus member shows uh, on occasion in your feed. Uh, We try to do those pretty much weekly. We are taking a hiatus over the holidays, just to let you know, um, as things are active with family and friends. Um, But uh, but yeah, that whole history is there in your podcast feed, so go check it out. That is patreon.com slash siftpop. All right, best ever challenge today, Andrew. What are the best ever Netflix original movies? Um, there's a lot more than you would think. There's so many Netflix movies. You know what's funny is I put a movie down on a list.
2: I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to be an, you know, one, two, or three. The very first movie I put down. And it ended up going all the way down to number 11. Because <laughs> I just kept
1: finding other movies. i like, oh, man, that was a Netflix original? Oh, yeah. man. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll kick this off. I'll start at number five. And again, if you have anything higher than me when I say it, or I have anything higher than you when you say it, we will uh, we'll trumpet so that we can talk about it when it as is at its highest uh, ranking for someone. Uh, my number five is Oksha! Ja! Oh, ja! Uh I love this movie. Uh, you know, Bong Joon Ho makes good movies. I don't know if you know this. But, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're, if you're aware. Okay. But this is one of his that people sleep on, I think. And it's really, really good and is well worth a watch. Speaking of surreal, it's it's very weird. There's some very weird things in this movie, but I think it it, it works together really well. I think narratively it holds together. I think you understand what's going on. The universe itself makes sense with itself. And, um... It's very interesting. So, yeah, check out Oakja. That is my number five. Yeah. What's your number five, Andrew? Uh,
2: two Popes. Trrr, yep. See, you notice how I didn't even start talking
1: because I knew. <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> uh, okay, he's going to push the bed. Uh, <laughs> all right, on to my number four, then. Yeah. Uh, my number four we just talked about a little bit. Marriage Story is actually my number four. Oh. Um, I I really do like this movie quite a bit. Uh, it is it is one of those movies that is endlessly empathetic, and because of that, you are experiencing this trauma with these people. It doesn't make it an, uh, an easy movie to watch because it feels so real, and the way that it lays open um, <clears throat> what would be considered, at least at the beginning to be the id idea, the ideal of divorce between two people who really care about each other and just want to go separate ways and the way that it goes it's more complicated than that it's you know it just it really paints a picture of the separation of a relationship to be this brutal honest thing and yet doesn't strip away your empathy it doesn't strip away the way you care for them it doesn't strip away the way that you can feel what both of them are feeling. And if you come away on one of their quote-unquote sides, I think that has a lot to do with your own personal um, investment, your own personal opinions, because I think the movie itself really allows it just to be real. It just allows them both to be fully formed, real humans who are going through a, a very difficult thing. And... um Man, I think it's it's beautifully done. So in the performances, both Scarlett and, and Adam in in this movie are just, I think, giving career performances. Just incredible stuff.
2: So. Oh yeah, that that scene where uh, Driver is you know screaming at her, "I wish you were dead," and that you know you weren't oh. mourned over, and you just realize that he's he's he doesn't believe anything he wants. He just wants to hurt. He, he just wants just to, wants hurt, to her. hurt her. Yeah. 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 Oh,
1: yeah, it's 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 so hard, so hard. So that is my number four. Yeah. Well, what is your uh, number four?
2: I am going to go with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, had my honorable mentions for sure. Absolutely adored this movie. Viola Davis is so transformative, like unrecognizable. And, of course, Chadwick Boseman as Levy. Uh, everybody thought he was going to win for best actor, including, you know, the academy <laughs> the academy who yeah. saved it for last
1: it's yeah. a big moment and yeah. then
2: anthony hopkins hello yeah deservedly anthony hopkins i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but um the character of levy is truly interesting because he has the most range out of every other person in this i think that viola davis is like perfect but it's very uh, it's a very one note character ironically uh And uh, Levy, though, he has that whole speech about Levy knows how to deal with white men. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. yeah. And, of course, I love Glenn Glenn Turman as Toledo, who's like the the band leader and stuff. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And you know me. I I love anything that uh, August Wilson did.
1: The guy is a a genius. Yep. Uh, All right. Those are number four fours right so on to our number threes now we can talk about the two popes i have the two popes at number three Uh, you had it at number five um Speaking of Anthony Hopkins, yeah. uh, this this movie floored me. I wasn't ready to like this movie as much as I, I uh, liked it. I thought I thought it was right up my alley. Believe me, I, I understood dealing with the idea of how faith progresses and evolves and understanding uh, how faith interacts with the world as a changing thing and th- those kind of things. in the Catholic Church, which I'm not extremely familiar with. I've never been a Catholic. I'm not a part of the Catholic Church. Um. But a lot of those conversations uh, resonate with me as a person of faith, uh, even aside from the Catholic Church. So it's it's really interesting to watch a movie like this and just have the performances so completely work that you just feel like you're watching the actual people have conversations. And that's what this felt like to me. The Two Popes is is incredible.
2: If Jonathan Price or Anthony Hopkins weren't bringing their A-game every day, this movie wouldn't work. I mean, Agreed. it's it's all on their shoulders. Yes, the visuals are beauty, you know, seeing the Vatican and everything like that. But it's these two guys. And if you don't care about them, it, you don't need, like even beyond Catholicism, you know, you don't have to be Catholic to truly love this movie. It's like you said, uh, it's just all about ideals, the mm. ideals of two men. And how they try to wrestle these
1: ideals with their faith. Because those are two different things. Yep. There you go. That's my number three. What's your number three, Andrew? Uh, going back to Chadwick Boseman, man. Going with Defy Bloods. Yeah, I had that my honorable mentions as well. Oh, gosh. This movie's... Delroy Lindo
2: mm-hmm. gives what I consider one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Like, his... His portrayal of a man who's he he survived the war in Vietnam, but he didn't, mm-hmm. and this guilt and this and these horrors are you know they're with him, and honestly, probably shouldn't have gone back to Vietnam. You know, I mean, like I understand the the two reasons why they did uh, to find their friend and also the money and everything. But it just—it was not healthy for him, and it's—it's it's so sad to see that 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 effect can have or that effect. Mm. War can have, you know. It's for some, war doesn't end when the war's over, you know. Yeah. But everybody else in this—Clark uh, Peters, Norm Lewis, Jonathan Majors—uh, yeah, absolutely amazing. And then Paul Walter Hauser shows up for some coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely love this movie.
1: Love Spikely I, I agree I agree uh well worth a watch for sure. Uh, my number two Yes. uh is tick tick boom Aaron if you wouldn't mind Drop. Good call. Very nice. Yeah. well I guess let's move on to your number one Andrew. Oh no wait my number two. Your number two correct yeah
2: which I don't I could be a, I can understand if you wouldn't want to consider this
1: uh a, a a movie but inside Bo Burnham. Oh, you know what? I I should have had that on my list. I I do consider that a film. I really do consider that a film. It just wasn't on the list I was looking at as a film. So, um, um, okay. so yeah, no, that would probably have been my number 3 and everything else probably would have been moved Pushed down. In. Um so yeah, that's great choice. Great choice. This is how you do an
2: a a, a a fictional autobiography or a dramatized autobiography. So take note, Alejandro and Steven Spielberg, <laughs> because when you guys try it, didn't quite work for me. But Bo Burnham's inside. Oh, my goodness. This is I mean, this is him. Like mm-hmm. there's a genuine like uh, and there's maybe here's now that I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna kill this stupid fly! I swear to God. <laughs>
1: um, all of a sudden, we're in a Breaking Bad episode.
2: Yeah, seriously. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go all crazy. I need to get me one of those salt guns. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I even talking about? No, inside. Okay. I think the reason why uh, this works and Bardo and the Fablemans didn't is because I think that there was a sense of vulnerability in this that I didn't find in those other movies.
1: Mm. So, yeah. 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 There's definitely vulnerability. Uh, there's also genius songwriting. Um, oh yeah. And just genius comedy. Uh, I, this man's brain. I just, I, I love it. I just, it's so, I'm scared fun. of it. It's so good. Yeah. So good.
2: My brain, my brain doesn't work like other people's, but I would be afraid to have O'Burnham's yeah. brain. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, Your number one.
1: So, yeah, our number ones. Mine is Roma. Uh, It is my number one. And I've talked many times about how special this movie is to me Uh, the messages, the themes. um, This, I believe, is how you do uh, introspective autobiography. Um, And you just make it what? It's
2: not an autobiography. It's not? It's not his life. It's a biography, but it's not an autobiography.
1: I'm confused. What do you mean?
2: We're talking about Roma, right? Yeah. It's it's the biography of his maid, right?
1: Well yeah, but he's one of the kids.
2: Yeah, but that's but it's not about him.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. That is a distinction that I did not make, nor probably I still make. I'm getting but. into seman- <laughs> I'm getting into semantics here. Anyhow. This yeah. is how you do it though. Uh I think it's just it feels completely lived in, completely authentic. And then it's also artistically sound like it's doing so many things with uh, not only how the technical aspect of how it's filmed and some of these gorgeous shots. It's also doing things, uh, you know, laying the, the beauty in the grandeur with the grotesque. And, you know, over and over again, he's uh, choosing the what he puts in the frames and how they are interacting with each other. And um Man, I just I I, I think this movie's brilliant. So, yeah, Roma is my number one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the guy knows how to make uh, artistic, beautifully Mm -hmm. shot movies. Indeed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. And you're number one, Andrew. Tick, tick, boom. That's amazing. I'm glad that you're number one. That's awesome. That's my number two. It's an amazing
2: movie. And it's... You know me. I don't like musicals. So, the fact that musical is the number one (laughs) on my... uh, on my uh, list here. Uh-huh. Uh, what a fascinating life. Just this, yeah. this man is passion. Like he, he felt and blood, sweat and tears over his craft. And it was nothing short of amazing mm-hmm. to watch Andrew Garfield. Just, just chew through scenery. Mm-hmm. An amazing voice. Uh, an amazing performance. Uh, it, this movie's amazing. It really is. And I haven't even seen Rent, by the way, so I don't. No. I, I'd had no uh, context going in of his work, but that didn't matter because I still felt the uh, the
1: the pure,
2: authentic, you know, passion
1: and mm-hmm. love this guy had. You know, what's what's wild is in some ways, if you want to stretch it, this is a little bit of an autobiography because he wrote the songs in this like he and he literally wrote them to be about himself. You know, he it's true. He created this one man show to kind of tell his story. And, you know, of course, Lin-Manuel is the one telling it on the screen. But um, but yeah, so I find all of that fascinating, interesting. And then just it's just great music it's some of the uh directing choices editing choices are just brilliant the way it intercuts and the things that it chooses to do um yeah tick tick boom is so good so good such a great watch um every single time so yeah glad you had it number one i had it at number two so yeah that would probably be our choice if uh, we needed to pick one in this category yep Uh, honorable mentions, I'm going to throw out a bunch, uh, and then if you've got any left over, uh, feel free, but there's been some good stuff. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, Klaus, I think, is worth mentioning. still need Uh, to see Klaus. It's the holiday season, so I might watch Klaus this year. Yeah, you should check that out. I for one love The Old Guard. I I'm yeah. excited. It's it's kind of one of those uh hey Netflix maybe you have a franchise kind of things. Um I I really dig the concept and the execution. Have
2: they ever done a sequel Netflix to one of their originals? I
1: I know there's a sequel to Extraction coming. Um I don't well, they have like the like what's the um the all the oh, it's a it's more of a teenage movie, but they've they've done like all the all the boys I've loved before or I can't remember. Mm. I can't remember. They okay. have done a sequel. I'm sure they've done a sequel. Okay. Uh, coming next year, The Trial of the Chicago 8. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the Trial of the Chicago 7 uh, yeah. was amazing. Mank, I really liked. Social Dilemma. It's a great documentary. Um, Power oh, of the Dog, of course. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed... Hustle is a movie from this year that I really, really liked. I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, the Adam Sandler basketball movie. And then The Sea Beast, uh, also phenomenal, that came out this year. So... Um, those are the ones I had Andrew what else did you have um it's, it's a good movie
2: but I'll only watch it once because it's so long The Irishman mm-hmm. um Mitchell's vs the Machines
1: is a very good movie I'm also not sure it's technically a Netflix original I think they bought oh, really? that one from Sony yeah I, oh, I, I okay. could be I could be wrong about that but, but I know that they they did buy it so it did become theirs um which yeah. maybe is a semantic distinction i don't yeah.
2: know. Yeah. Um this is the movie that i put down that i expected to be on my you know my top 5 but it got all the way down to number 11 and that's Beasts of No Nation. The yeah, very the very sure. first Netflix film. Um, and the movie that every single time i watch it and i've watched it several times now it gets better and better Eurovision.
1: Yes. Song of Ice and Fire. So, not it, Song of Ice and Fire. That's Game of Thrones but no.
2: <laughs> oh the fire saga. Uh, yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, um and also Barb and Star go to Vista del
1: Mar. Yes, that is that is a lot of fun as well. It's either Again, the I don't dumbest, think technically he, a Netflix original. Oh man. But yeah, okay. yeah but it's good stuff.
2: <laughs> it's either the dumbest movie I've ever seen or the funniest movie I've ever seen. And I think the answer is it might be both.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Barb and Star and Mitchell's both were pandemic movies that I didn't have oh. a theater to put them in, and so they sold them to to Netflix. I think the case is uh, for both of those.
2: Okay, and one that... Uh I am constantly thinking about and that's I'm thinking of ending things.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: Because Jesse Plemons and Jesse Yeah, I should have put that on my
1: honorable mentions as well.
2: Uh normally I'm not really a big Kaufman fan. Well I say that I just hate Anomalisa so much. <laughs> um it's all of his other movies that I actually really like. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: that's the that's the anomaly.
2: Yeah, uh, ironically. But uh no, I think that uh as weird as movies we've talked about today, this would fit right in there with.
1: Uh, sure. Uh, I wasn't high enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, I like this movie. A yeah, lot. and it's a movie that unlocks the more you think about it. You know, like, um, um, yeah, I really dig that movie. I think that's that's a good one to to call out there for sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's our best ever challenge for best ever Netflix original movies. That means we're down to the buried treasure, uh, Andrew. Why don't you go first this week? What do you got?
2: Oh, well, I'm gonna go with the Vigima game, uh, because I just got a PS5, so I've been playing God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, how is it? I, have you played?
1: I I shouldn't have asked that. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, no, I have not. Uh, I don't even need to know what game you're about to say, unless unless it's uh Mario Kart. Yeah, have uh, you played
2: Mario Kart? It's I have. very similar. It's very similar to Mario. Kart. No. It's very similar to God of uh, War Ragnarok. Um. No, it's the sequel to the, the God of War game, which is a sequel to a old, old PlayStation franchise. Um, both God of War, the one that came before this one and this one, are two of the best, or are the two best narratively told stories I've ever seen done in a video game. Um, nice. the way that it's done with, uh, Motion capture, the same, I uh, think uh, they worked a little bit with Weta Digital, the same people who did Lord of the Rings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, it's so, it looks so real. And Christopher Judge is amazing as Kratos. And I absolutely love uh, Richard Schiff, who we know from, you know, West West Wing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Ryan Hurst is Thor. It's... It's it's a beautifully told story that I cried multiple times
1: during. That's great. And it just won uh,
2: a game of the year, I think. Oh, and, nice. And Christopher Judge won Best Actor. And he uh, got presented the award by Al Pacino,
1: which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Definitely interesting. Well, very cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about a movie uh, that's probably flying uh, under the radar for most people uh, this award season. After Sun is the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. How is it? Um, I liked it. I really did. I, it's Paul Mescal, who is really, really good in this movie. And then a, uh, a young actor named Frankie, uh, Corio, who plays his daughter and daughter Sophie. And so I'm just trying to think how to explain this. So Charlotte Wells is the director and what she does so well in this movie is create atmosphere and emotion. And there is a sense of f- foreboding that I experienced during this movie as this, you know, dad and daughter are on this holiday. And the entire movie, I'm like, where are we going? What is going to happen? Like, I'm I'm enjoying getting to know them, but there's this real sense of, like, what's going to happen to them was, you know, like, there's... I, I can't explain it other than it's just so well put together that there's that emotional you know, pull to it. Now, I'm not going to give anything away about what happens or what doesn't happen or what might happen. But I will say that the movie finalizes and concludes in a way that I can understand why people might not enjoy it. And um, it it is really a tone poem of a movie. It's a movie that puts you in a feeling, puts you in an emotion. I actually don't usually go for that. I want more narrative to... You know, a, a story for most of the the movie than this has, mm-hmm. and and yet I think because the movie kind of owned me so much that I come away going, you know what, It's a good movie. I like that. Um, so it's a recommend for sure. Uh, just just know it might not work for you. It really might not work for you. There are specific things about this movie that that might not work for you. Um, so, but uh, but yeah, for me it did. I think overall work. So uh, after sun is one that I would recommend. Uh, that's that a
2: 24 film, right? I believe it
1: is. Yes. Yeah. I believe that's a A24. So
2: only in theaters and not streaming anywhere. Correct. Okay.
1: Correct. Yep. After sun is in theaters. God of war Ragnarok is available for your PS five. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, probably not, probably don't want to play that on the original PlayStation. Probably won't. Uh, won't
2: no, you won't might, well. you might run into some uh,
1: yeah. issues. Yeah some difficulties some issues. <laughs> we did it we did a podcast Woo! congratulations uh to everyone involved uh you will all be receiving your kudos in the form of pats on the back we filled that gas
2: tank to full
1: Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find out more about other shows on the network at Studio DNA Media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. And thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Uh, Support starts at 3 bucks a month. If you want to check it out, it's at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, You can email us, feedback at cifpop.com if you like. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than navigating the returns process at the maternity ward. We'll be back next week with our 2023 Most Anticipated, so... We're going to talk about movies coming out next year. We'll see you then. Bye.